Welcome to One Step Better, the podcast from Works. We're tackling topics to give you insight on a practical level to help your employees thrive in your organization and to help you become one step better every day towards being the leader that you want to be. Now, let's kick it over to the Works team. Welcome to the One Step Better podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schaefer. Today, we got a really special guest with us. We have Matt Patrick, who is the president, founder, CEO, head honcho, the man behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, all the scenes. Uh, Matt, thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. So happy to be part of it. How I'm you been? Getting... I've been great. How about you? What have you been up to? Oh, getting past uh, all the COVID stuff and PPP loans and helping clients kind of wade the waters that have been going on. been super challenging time for us as a small business, but all the small business clients we serve as well. I don't believe any of that. Because my <laughs> understanding is you just got back from like a big long vacation. It wasn't really a vacation. So really, what have you been doing? Nothing. I just twiddled my thumb, laying by the sun. No, Hanging I was fortunate enough to go down to the beach for a couple of weeks and uh, work, but also uh, we had the last two weeks of school for the kids and we they had finals down there working from home in, in the at, at the house there and it was great and got to spend some time with the kids. It's been an interesting last few months with spending a lot more time with my kids than I normally get to do. All your kids still finish up school like normal. It was though, exactly, right? exactly normal. I can I can only praise uh, the kids' school enough. I mean, Briarcrest did a wonderful job of doing That's those, really cool. Uh, through the whole time. Uh, we were step. We never missed a beat. Um, everything was right on track like normal. That's a lot of fun. Well, today uh, I'm really excited that you are back, one, because we can get some stuff done around here and we don't have to take off every Friday at two o'clock in the afternoon. But, um, you know, really excited to talk to you today about, you know, why you started Patrick Accounting and works. And uh, that's, it's a really cool story. So, so walk us through at some point you had a moment where you said, you know what, I don't think I'm going to work for anybody anymore. I'm going to go start my own thing. Uh, Walk us through what that looked like, what was going on in your mind. Scary times. I always think back to, uh, I had a nine month old daughter. Um, I, was with Arthur Anderson until Enron happened. And then I went to work for Deloitte and Touche. Uh, and after about 18 months, uh, Deloitte and Touche let a handful of people go. And I was one of those. And I was 29 years old and nine months old at home. And I liked public accounting and I liked what I did, but the bureaucracy of the big firm was a little different. Who I was working with was a lot different at that time. And um, I was looking for a job and, and honestly, wasn't didn't think I would start a firm right away. I thought it may help some people on the side or whatever. I was still looking for a job, and I was dropping off my CPA certificate at a pack mail franchise by my house. And he's like, "Hey, you're a CPA. I, I need a CPA." And and poof, Patrick Accounting has now started. <laughs> he referred me to a guy down the down the strip center from him that was at an Allstate and needed help as well. And that guy invited me to a BNI. And next thing you know. That first year, I did 100 tax returns. Um, and That's a lot of tax returns. It sucked. Um, and and then, but, you know, at that time, I, I still thought, well, maybe I'm going to make a business of this. Maybe I'm not. I moved out of the house about three months after I started. I started in December of 03. And by March, we had moved out of the house. And I had a little office over on Cordova Station in Cordova. That's really cool. So you, you were doing this on your own a little bit. At some point, you decided 100 tax returns. That sucks. I don't want to do that anymore. Yep. First employee was hired um, uh, right around May 2004. That was my mother-in-law. Like most <laughs> businesses, you hire your mother-in-law first. That's really smart. No, uh, my mother-in-law was my first employee. Um, she uh, helped me from an administrative standpoint. Um, you know, I started off with getting an admin help to help me package tax returns, get stuff in the door. 
and I just planned on just doing a lot of that stuff myself. I hired my second employee like July, hired my third employee in like August. Back yeah. then, that was 15-ish, a little bit over 15 years yep. ago. Um, did you ever think that you were going to grow a business or was this just something that, you know what, I want to not work I thought I would else? have a tax accounting firm. I thought I'd be a tax accountant. That was my background at that point. I had worked in tax at the big firms for, at that point, seven years. I just thought I'd have a tax firm. I didn't know what what a small firm even looked like at that point and where it was going. I didn't have a business plan. I just said, I'm going to do a bunch of tax returns and I'll make a living from that. Um, after uh, that first tax season, April of 2004, I kind of realized, I think I can, I'm, this is, I'm good. I think I'm going to do this just fine. We'd been lucky enough to get, a, a, at the time, an anchor client in, in our world. It was a significant enough work that we would have, I had a guaranteed stream of income for a, at least the next year or so. And from there, um, I just can't, kept saying yes to whatever anybody asked me to do that even remotely sounded like accounting. I was in not making any more money. I always tell the story in my first year, you know, we were fortunate enough to do about $100,000 in revenue and make about $60,000. And then second year, I did $200,000, made $60,000. And then third year, I did $300,000 and made $60,000. At some so, point, the light bulb goes off. This is broken. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not doing this right. And I was, what, what a blessing. I was fortunate enough. Um, online, a guy named Ray Bush in Chicago, owns a firm there, was on a web forum that I was a part of and said, hey, you should look at this. How do you run a small business accounting firm? And there's a group called PASBA. And and so they, I went to their website and they had a table of contents for these books called The Blueprint for Success that I went, I want to know how to do all these things on these three pages of table of contents. And uh, I went to my first conference in spring of 07. I, I know that I in various opportunities, I get to the, tell the story of Patrick accounting and that's always the pivotal moment mm -hmm. in our firm. Yep. When you, when you first got introduced to PASBA, uh, which was more than just a blueprint, it was a community. It's a system. Of it's a, it, it is a community. It's a, it, there's no more pushing. empathy in that. The, the empathy is of a, of a small business owner. You're, you always feel alone, a little bit alone. You think you're doing the right things. You think you're doing what you should be doing. Uh, you think you're going the right direction, but you also have the pain of, oh my God, I have to worry about making payroll next time. And I don't know if I have enough money in the bank right now to do that. Or I have made a bad hire and I got to make a hard, really hard decision about letting somebody go who doesn't, isn't really a good fit for our team. Or I think I'm going in the right direction with the firm and go, well, that was a really bad mistake. They were your sounding board. Oh, for sure. For and and it's, and it, they're still, it's, you know, we've, I'm fortunate enough to make some, my best friends in the world or people in that group, they all have the same pains and trials and tribulations that I go through on a daily basis as an owner. You know, it's this, this place, unfortunately, never turns off for an owner. It never turns off for a lot of us owners. Um, these are our babies that we grew from nothing. And so I feel that every day. Yeah. <laughs> Some pressure that comes with that. Yes. So um, you, you go to PASBA, you come out of PASBA, let's say two years after that first introduction to mm -hmm. this is what it looks like to run a different kind of accounting firm. Correct. What, how is your business different coming out of that? <laughs> well, so that first meeting I went back and, um, we identified real quick that we were saying yes to any type of customer, which is a very common of every startup. You basically say yes to whatever will come in your door. Um, you didn't really have any definition of a culture. You're just doing work. And also you didn't have a very clear understanding of what you sell and how you sell it and what you're actually trying to serve as a, from a customer standpoint. What am I, who am I trying to serve and why am I really doing this? Before it was just, I'm doing the work to pay my mortgage and I'm paying paying the bills with my family, but I'm not really running a business that has a purpose. And that really was a pivotal moment for me, Pazzo, but let me kind of create some clarity around that. Yeah, and I, I know from, I've been here for, I guess, going on six years now, 
the purpose and direction and vision of Patrick Accounting as a whole was really what attracted me to this firm uh, because it, it, it we say it all the time internally when you are introduced to Patrick Accounting people or when you come to our building or you hear us talked about in different areas there's always a, a little tinge of there's something different about this place. Yeah, I hope so. That's our, our, yeah. our it's very intentional, but also it I think it goes around the people we've been fortunate enough to add to our team. We've been really intentional with who we hire and why we're hiring them, but also what we're trying to do. The purpose that we serve is extremely focused and dedicated to helping small businesses succeed. That's that's what it comes down to. We want small businesses to be successful, and so if we, if they're successful, we know it's going to be our success. But at the same time. You know, I'm passionate, truly passionate about helping that small business owner be the owner he wants to be. And that comes along with them making, making their goals, whatever their goals may be that day, um, or, or that or their long-term plans. We want to help them get there. And I feel like it's my passion, but it's also people that we're hiring is passion. And that, that passion, that vision is something that's been stirring in you for a long time. Your, was it your grandfather? Yeah, great grandfather. Oh. My great grandfather started a small business. My grandfather yeah. took it over. My dad and his two brothers took it over from them. That small business world's in the, in the yeah, bloodlines. It is. And my, my, my grandfather, my mom's side was a, was a farmer, small business owner, farmer. And so just kind of have that entre, I've always had the entrepreneurs, yeah. entrepreneur spirit. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. We, uh, fat, you know, rewind, I guess four ish, three ish years ago. Um, we really started to go through the process of taking that vision that's that was all pent up inside of you, mm-hmm. and put it on paper. Try to relate Correct. to the team. I want you to think back then. You know what was? Why did you go through the route of? We have to clearly pinpoint this is the who we are. This is the vision and who we are I, as a company. That's a great question. The thing that always got I always got back to there was. I could feel internally, I knew what I wanted, but I wasn't able to, able to articulate it correctly so that we were all focused and, you know, seeing exactly what the goal line, if you were, if the sports analogy wise is, you know, it's hard to create a play or a game plan if you don't know what the game is and you don't know what the goal is. And so I think getting your hands around our arms around that clarity was super important for us to stay. Hey, this is why, I'm, why we're doing this. And now it makes it's easier for us to, recruit and to develop and to try to find new customers and um, train our sale operations people and our salespeople and have this be consistent across the whole board. So I think it was important to get it. Yeah. I I remember um, you and I, we, we drove up to Nashville uh, for a Dave Ramsey event. It was a, um, a one day entree leader seminar. I forget the boot camp. Yeah. yeah, The boot camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'd give us a tour of the building and, and they had their core values are, Everywhere inside, you could you just over the walls. Feel it. They're yeah. all over there. It was everywhere. Axes in there and bells and all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff. It was a really neat experience. But coming out of that is when we really started to put pen to paper mm-hmm. to some of those ideas. Um, we have five core values essentially mm-hmm. that we really try to to, to focus in on. Um, you know, own it. We want our people to take ownership of what they're doing. Challenge it. Who we are today is not who we're going to be tomorrow. Never accept the status quo. Um, empathy for others. So we expect our team to have empathy for our clients, for internal, you know, other teammates. Uh, it's just a driving force of who we are because we can't really succeed as a small business without empathy. Um, passion for our purpose, which you hit on, 
substantially with your background and then yep. team first. We want to operate as a team. Those are our five core values. That I'm we... just proud he just did that with no notes here in front of him. <laughs> Set them off the top of his cuff. Yeah, that's right. And I love it. That's yeah, well, great. To be fair, it's because at one point down, probably not too long ago, you said, hey, who knows our core values? Somebody raised their hand. They got $500 out of yeah, it. I did. I give cash so, out that day. Whoever said them and so Shelby Betts was fortunate. Everybody to knows cash. our core values. They've all learned them since then a lot more. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I know that you and I have had multiple conversations about what does it look like to, you know, maybe this needs to be a core value mm-hmm. or maybe we need to treat this a little bit. How did you come up with those five specifically? I didn't come up with a loan. You were in that room when sure. you were doing it. Um, we were fortunate enough to get together as a team. Um, we had formed our leadership team and part of this was, you know, trying to evaluating both preliminary core values at the time and, and thinking through kind of what really matters to us and, and, you know, what do we think encompasses all areas and also they have to kind of be evergreen and not, they really can't only be in good times. They have to be in bad times and they have to be, you know, what you're truly, what are core values? These are things that are never going to change. This is who we are. And by doing that, we can provide excellence. And that's what we've determined that, you know, by doing these things, we will provide the excellence that we want to provide all and, and doing all the things that we do. How do, how do we, uh, make sure that our team is responsible for knowing those they're living by those? Yeah. I think, you know, first of all, I think repetition is huge and that, um, I, I'll use Dave Ramsey in here and just this idea here is it, they were everywhere, right? They, it was, it's who we hire off of. So it's part of our recruiting process. We we are measuring that in when, we, when we're asking questions of the recruiting process of, do we think they're going to align with our core values? Um, they're on our doors. Every door in our office has a core value on it. Um, we also, though, repeat those in every meeting we're in. We repeat those uh, in our all-hands meeting. We have all-hands meeting every quarter, and that's part of our, our process. We talk about those core values, and we we sometimes, depending on the, on the quarter, but we'll teach about them and talk about why that's a core value. And so we just want to repeat that over and over again, but we also celebrate anytime we see it happening. Um, it's a way to hold everybody accountable, but also it's, we, we, I'm a big believer in celebrating wins, but also celebrating things that are being done. I want to have positive reinforcement at all times. And so I think every time we see a core value being done, we want to celebrate that. Likewise, if we don't see someone not living a core value, we want to bring them into a private setting and have a conversation with them and say, Hey, this isn't how we should do things right. Just chop their head off, right? Yeah, not quite. But That's you know, everything. what I really like to see is a peer doing it. Not, I don't need to come sure. from leadership. Hey, I'd love to see a peer next to a peer going. Hey, let's let's talk. That, that's not something we do right. It's here. always cool to see the team keep the team. Correct. It's a team to team accountability. Yeah. I always felt like you, you know you have buy in at that point. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's you know there's oh I have a boss or a leader you know coming to me and saying, hey, you need to do X, Y, Z better. Correct. It's different whenever you have your teammate coming and saying, look, that's not who we are. It's not. Right. We've, we've started to see some of that. Uh, we have, absolutely. It's it, really cool. It, by being repetitious, I think it's it's starting to incorporate and permeate our whole culture. Um, you know, same way, like I said, we recruit, but it's also a development of our people. Also, people that aren't living our values, realistically, unfortunately, won't be a part of the team for very long. And it's that's a lot of times that's not our choice. They find out. Real they quick. they find not. out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they know. They they've been through the experience a couple of times. And they just realize, look at our you know. This isn't the best place. This for isn't me. the best. Yeah. I need to go find something different. Which is okay. I mean, I I want everybody to be happy in the job they they are in. And this is not that place. That's perfectly fine. There probably is a different place for them. Um, but the people that we want here, we want them to want to be here. Um, we're not holding anybody you know captive by any means. But the idea behind this is. You know, we're not the perfect place for everybody. That's okay. We want to be who we are. And if it's a fit, then great. If it's not, then we'll help you find something else somewhere else. 
Do you think that's unique to, I mean, we're a service-based business. Uh, we deal with small businesses, you know, their owners, teams. Oh, I think it's very unique. I think it's a lot of times it's, we may be in a different position than a lot of small business owners are and that, you know, we are fortunate enough to have grown our team well enough that we have enough redundancy in place and um, our systems are aligned enough that we probably still get the work done, need to get work done if we have to make a determination that someone's not a fit. But we're also, you know, um, at the point now where we have that stability and knowing our our customer base is stable enough that we kind of know what revenue we're going to have on a regular basis and expenses we're going to have. Uh, different small businesses are obviously in a different spot. They, at the time they're hiring out of desperation, they have to get something somebody on their team that they didn't. Um, We've never had to do that before, right? Not anytime lately, but it has happened for sure. That's but, never fun. But as a small business owner, you obviously sometimes you have to make decisions that you don't want to make um, for the short term. That it's not the best long term. But when you start to flip that around a little bit and intentionally think through the hiring and intentionally think about what the work you're doing and intentionally think about the work you're selling, then it's easier to kind of align your values to that. I mean, um, sometimes I think values and work are kind of incongruent all the time in the very beginning when you are. A new business owner, you're just like, I got to pay the bills. I got to pay the mortgage, no matter what, you know. So I may say yes to this work that it's not ideal, but man, it's going to help me pay my mortgage this month. And I get that. I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, I got payroll to meet. I got mm -hmm. bills coming up, and it's no different than a lot of small business owners. I mean, it's just yeah. that's just part of it. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, you intentionally continue to grow your business so that doesn't those aren't decisions you have to make. A handful of years ago, um, you made the decision to split off what we call our payroll services division um, works yep. to a different company called works. Yeah. Pa Patrick payroll, uh, then into works. What, what made you go through the process of doing that as a completely separate, you know, you could have easily thrown the weight of Patrick accounting behind this yeah. payroll division, but you decided to do that in a separate brand. Um, I think being very clear about what that services are as additional, different than an accounting firm traditionally would have been our, uh, works company today is, is, is so much more than just a payroll company. It's really how you manage your people and, you know, the processes we wrap around that from before you hire somebody all the way through the end. The, <clears throat> it was important that we had that clarity to, to, to have that so the market knows what the actual services are. It's easy for payroll services to get lost in accounting. The, uh, the core values though, the why behind it is, is is the same. Like you didn't go out and create a new company, new division that is, all right, you know what? Our Patrick accounting value is to challenge it, but our works value is yeah. let's keep doing things the same always. Right. We, so it's important to have those things aligned if you're going to go off, operate a new division or new product offering or whatever it may be. It has to tie in somehow. To yeah, the absolutely. We, our values are the same, you know, our mission statement or our why statement or our our core our core values aren't independent based on the brand so we i think it's important that they they're separately branded but we're still one team internally we have a lot of overlap with customers but we also have we're hiring and and our people that we're looking for those values are the same and just they just don't change where do you go from here what is the next five, 10 years? What does that look like? Um, core value. Why? I mean, from a firm standpoint, we, I think it's being super focused on how we want to engage with clients. 
what services we're really offering them today as the, as the model, the services that we offer kind of changes the technology. Our ability to really educate. I think it's our, um, important for us to both educate and engage a client on how they can help improve their business from both leadership, um, management of the business, financial acumen, um, developing the culture they think they want to have in their business. Uh, I think that's an important part of their overall function with accounting or being a, a core fundamental in that, but not the only fundamental. Yeah. I, I'm excited about where we're going because you know, we've, we've done a great, good job of kind of using financial statements, the accounting piece of what we do to get a good foundational element of we understand we, we, we deal with a ton of different companies in a ton of different industries and it allows us to get a good picture. Our, our entire team can see a good picture of what it looks like to run a business well, what it doesn't, you know, what, what fails, stuff like that on a big picture view that can be then extrapolated to other, other clients. And so it's really cool to see, we put together some different things to try to help our clients systemata- systematically get one step better, which is a, mm-hmm. you know, something that has, is talked about internal uh, a whole lot. We're right. focusing on one step better. Um, where did that come from? That 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 micro, not necessarily core value, but it's a, a rallying theme that we're going to look at getting one step better. So it's the name of our podcast. It I is mean, one step better, it's kind right? Of a big so, deal, yeah. Here. So no kidding. So one of our core values is challenging it, and I look at this one as really kind of tied to that. You know, it's the how we are tomorrow is not as good as we are today. You know, we're going to continue to be better. One every day, we're going to try to get a little bit better than we are today, and. I use the Rocky, we, we kind of use the Rocky theme here in this whole thing is, you know, where our client is Rocky and he wanted to be a champion, but he didn't even know he wanted to be a champion at first. And then the idea that, you know, if you think about the steps that Rocky runs up during the, during the, the Rocky one, he's going to the top of the stairs to get in shape and he gets to the top of the stairs and puts his arms up. Well, there's a guy that was helping him get there, right? There was a the guy that was the, the coach, the, the, the trainer that was there beside was Mick and he was helping him going, Hey, you, you want to be champion? I'm going to push you. I'm going to pull you, I'm going to kick you, I'm going to pat you. But all those things will help you get to where you want to be. You can't do that alone. Hopefully you can do that, you know, with with guidance and knowing that you need that guidance. But also we want to be that person to help you reach those goals. And so that idea of one step better is like, well, I think we can improve today and tomorrow. We can keep improving. Just keep that constant mindset of improvement. And for us, that ties back into our vision mission. It's mm-hmm. not about, it's sure, it's about us getting one step better. But it's also how we help our clients get one step better because Correct. we don't define winning as as anything other than our clients are doing better than they were. Correct. Yesterday. We want them to reach their goals, yeah. and their goals are probably not stay the same. Right. That's not too often what they're. We just keep things the same. That's not who we're trying to find as a client, but also it's the all right. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a, an improvement to what we're trying to do. Then you know we can hire better, or we can um, improve our sales uh, process, or we can. Um, get better information or whatever it may be, you know, uh, our hiring process, if you think we use that one as an example, it's, you know, hey, how do we hire better people? So all those things are super important in the process. Well, Matt, I, I'm really glad that you got to come in and spend a couple couple minutes with us talking about what it looks like to start your business. I know that's something you're super passionate about, something that I know that our team is really excited to be a part of. And so thanks for coming in. Um, for everybody out there listening, we're really excited that you're joining us. This is, I think, roughly our third podcast. We're going to keep doing this on a weekly Love basis. <laughs> um, as you guys have questions or topics or things that you want to hear us address, whether that's you know related to running your small business or payroll or HR or 
Um, even right now, it's the PPP stuff and COVID and everything that's going on in the world. Please reach out to us. Um, let us know. Um, we're going to try to find different guests, different people to come on and talk about different areas to try to help, like Matt was talking about, help our clients, help our listeners get one step better. Uh, and so thanks for listening and uh, tune in next week for another edition of One Step Better. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for tuning in. Head over to works.com for webinars, blogs, and more content. That's works, W-H-I-R-K-S.com. See you next time.